Hey there, Yuris here, and welcome to Community Life. Here we talk with the amazing humans from the community world about their life journeys and learn from each other. And today is a special episode. It was never the case before. We have Femia, we have Nicola, we had each uh, Community Life conversation with each of them. And today it's three of us asking each other questions and getting to know more about each other. So just to remind, if you didn't see, so Femia's episode was number 68, Nicholas episode was number 74, just a little bit of gap between, but not that much. And today we'll have fun and getting to know, asking, you know, the funniest thing that it's not just me today who asks questions, but Femia and Nicola will also ask questions and not just for each other, but also for me. And we will have this chat with three of us. So let's do it. Let's start. Let's create a pass. Hey, Femia. Hey, Nicola. How are you? Good. How are you, Yuri? Thank you for having us. It's so, I'm so pumped up. I'm so pumped up. You know, the moment, the moment we discussed it in the comments on LinkedIn that we will have conversation with three of us, I was like, wow one two of my amazing people from the community world talking together can something be more beautiful than it is <laughs> i know yeah. what a treat to get to speak to you both for 60 minutes i know two yes. of my favorite humans so let's go with the flow let's start with questions i know that you for me and you nicola you prepare some questions for each other i hope that you prepare some questions for each mm -hmm. other i got a few <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's start let's start let's start let's so nicola what question do you have well i've got one for both of you because one thing about both of you that i find really inspiring is how consistent you are with your content output and i wondered do you have a kind of tactic for keeping yourself going if there's a day when you're like oh just cannot be bothered to do something today what do you tell yourself i know that femia is if you are talking about consistency Femia is a person to go because every post on LinkedIn, everything she does, I'm just, I'm so, I, I don't know how it works. It feels like Femia, you are living on LinkedIn. <laughs> so tell us more about that. It, it does seem, and that's a really great question, Nicola. It does seem like I may live on LinkedIn. However, I have learned through friends and mentors. It's a matter of, I know a lot of people like to say balance, but I like to say harmony. Um, what works for me and my schedule, my time, my energy, my bandwidth. And of course, I have to be very realistic about how much time I can give and what's sustainable. So I have decided to go with three times a week. Um, that's as much as I can do on posting on LinkedIn. And then the other two days that I'm not posting, I either may be engaging or I may be consuming content. I'm still building relationships in the DMs comments, but there has to be a nice harmony um, because otherwise you'll burn out pretty quickly. Um, and then I time block. I time block, okay, for me, this is how much time you have right now. Book out maybe 20 minutes, do what you need to do, and then go back and finish your task. But at the same time, what I also do is for those that have engaged on my post, I go ahead and I make it a point at some point during the week to go back and engage because if they took that precious time of theirs to engage in my post, it only makes sense to go and do that for them as well. Because we talk about engagement, right? Community managers that we, we need to engage. And I think 
we need to live up to those expectations of what we expect our members and our audience to do as well. You know, it's so fun. I love the word engagement because when two people are getting together, are also engaged. So yeah. it's like, it's crazy. Like, how can we engage <laughs> with somebody? Like, I'm already married. How can I engage with somebody <laughs> else? It's just impossible. <laughs> and for me, you know, people are saying like, oh, you're, you're so consistent. You're doing like 90 between two hours or 80 community life conversation or whatever. And how do you do that? Do you plan? I ha- I am always, I have no plan. There is like, just <laughs> one plan. Just do one thing right now. Just do one step and, you know, and then the next step and then the next step. And then like two years later, here is a consistency. So basically it's, it's something, you know, people are always thinking about the overnight success, but mm-hmm. I learned that it's impossible. If you track uh, the path back of every, let's say, star in the world, of every actor, every singer, every businessman, whatever, like they were not just woke up and like famous. Yeah. So it was, they were doing a lot of things before, prior to that. And they're keeping doing it constantly and thinking like, okay, if I have two ways to go, which way should I go? And if they're going one way and it doesn't work, it's okay to back and pivot and go another way and then find what to do next. So for me, it's always like just, you know, doing one step after another and see where we happen. And what I learned two years ago, I I always knew that it's all about people, but two years ago, I especially learned that if you are with great people, if you're having good conversations, if you are real human life would be amazing life will be amazing mm-hmm. you know yeah. and 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 the funniest thing is that you don't have to compete with anyone you have mm-hmm. to be uh, yourself the only one person you can compete with is yourself and it's the hardest you know for me it was the hardest mindset that i don't really have to compete with all those amazing people i see we can collaborate we can do things together but I can compete only with myself. And if I'm getting mm-hmm. the better version of myself another day, I already succeeded, you know, and it's the best the best way to do that. And I'm curious, Nicola, why did you ask this question? Because it's something that both of you kind of comes to mind for me is that, you know, you're great at putting out this consistent stuff, but it really speaks to your personality and who you are as well. It's not, you know, it's not run-of-the-mill content. It's It really speaks to your soul, um, which I love. But I think as well to your point about creating stuff, if you're having fun doing it, then it just keeps going, doesn't it? Because if you probably, you know, getting to chat with community people for 60 minutes, I mean, who wouldn't want to put that in their diary every week? Mm -hmm. But, you know, Nicola, I would love to hear your thoughts. Like, how do you remain in harmony with the content that you put out there and the things that you do? Because I know you got two little ones, too. I know. Well, that I think, you know, consistency is not something I would say is high up there on my list, but I I do keep going with it. Um, And for me, it's just about kind of sharing things that I'm interested in as well, that I think other people will be interested in that have a little bit of fun to them as well, because everybody wants to engage with content that's going to make them smile. Mm hmm. You know, and you had both of you actually made really good points about the content being fun, lighthearted, you know, reducing the friction, but making it relatable. You know, when we, you know, Yuri, when you were talking about 
I don't need to compete. We don't need to compete with people because there's plenty of room for us at the table. If we can learn to collaborate and contribute and find ways to work together, we can do so much and build on that. So when we're looking at what everybody else is doing, we kind of forget about our own unique style, our own way of doing things, our own way of being creative and stop following what everybody else is doing, but shift right back and center yourself back on your purpose and your why. Why did you show up in the first place? What is that? I think we need to figure that out with our own values. I mean, that's how I figured it out for myself. And I'm a rebel. I'm just very, I think it's because I'm a middle child. (laughs) Um, But I never did what everybody else was doing because I'm like, well, how else am I going to stand out if I'm doing all of what everybody else is doing? But if I can pull it back here, center it back on me and focus on what I can do, I know that the right people will be attracted to that vibe and energy. And when I can find them, they are the people that I do want to collaborate and work alongside with. It's like that magnet. And you too, that's how I gravitated to the both of you. Just got that energy. So infectious. It's energy. It's all about energy. And uh, the fun thing is that sometimes you just click and sometimes you just go and the craziest thing about that that you know it's it's hard to keep your friendship it's hard to keep talking with each other it's hard to keep exchanging dms because for example if you have let's say 100 people want to talk to it's just impossible to talk to every person Mm -hmm. like a week and during a week or and i remember i had this uh it was another podcast was Freelance Thrive or Freelance Sucks. And Erin Peters uh, told me that whenever she had a person on her mind, she messages this person right away. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, just, hey, you were on my mind. That's why I'm writing you. Like, how are you? What's going on in your life? And these small moments, that's exactly what helps to continue building these conversations and keep these relations. And for me personally, even seeing like, People on LinkedIn, not even seeing their posts, but even seeing their comments makes me want to jump into this conversation. So if Emiya does a post and Nicola comments on that, it makes me, it's like double, double motivation for me to, you know, do something, to uh, write my comment, to answer to Nicola, to answer to Fimia. So yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting and about uh, exactly about fun. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes making posts on LinkedIn is not fun. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I had this experience starting from the beginning of 2023. And I don't remember exactly till September or till October. I did like one post every workday. Mm. And first months, the first few months, I enjoyed it. And then I was like, what should I talk about? Yeah. What should I share? And you know, the, the craziest thing that I started thinking what do people want to hear from me? The moment you think that way, what do people want to hear from me? Either you are becoming super popular because you are breaking the code of people's minds and you do exactly what they want from you. But usually you are going insane because you, know, you start to overthink, you start to mm-hmm. overcomplicate. The moment you start doing this, it's not fun anymore. So, Yeah, you can't force it. I think we've all, I've definitely had this, a similar journey to you where I was like, 
I've got to post every day. People say you've got to post every day. Let's do it. And then you think, no way, this is not sustainable. And I'm struggling to write things. So yeah, when it comes, write it down, put it out there, but don't force it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, and that's the thing too, when I, when I see posts that say you should do this, and I'm not a fan of the word should, if it's something that's an absolute necessary, got to do it, it's so important. Maybe I'll use that word, but to me, should is like forced, it's pressured and it adds stress on people that they don't need. Um, and I tell people, I'm like, I don't post every day and I still get great engagement. I said that that's what works for me. It burned it. There was a point where I was starting to burn out. I was so mentally exhausted. I disappeared off of LinkedIn for about a week because I was just me mentally blocked. I'm like, I can't think of anything else that I could possibly post, but at the same time, I'm not feeling it. So me, I'm a feeler. So if I don't feel a post, I won't do it. Even if I told myself three days a week and I'm not vibing with it, I'm just not going to do it because I don't want to force my interaction with you, Yuri, or you, Nicola, or anyone else, because some, I would say that us, we're pretty intuitive. We can smell when something is not genuine or authentic, but to say that you need to post six, seven times. No, I'm not a fan of that. You do what works for you and what's sustainable. Um, yeah, not all, we don't live the same life and experiences either. So that's something um, people need to be mindful of. We don't have the same schedules. Mia, when you were away for one week, did anyone notice it? That's a great question. Um, I The ones who constantly showed up, the ones that always supported my posts, the ones that I would pretty much always engage with and that did have my cell number, and became a mentor, a really good friend, they did check up on me. Um, and then a few other, I mean, and there were others that didn't, and it wasn't their fault because sometimes your post doesn't pop up on their feed so they wouldn't know, but there were the ones that I really did appreciate. And they're the ones that I always make sure that I do check in on. The ones that actually took that moment in time to say, hey, me, are you okay? That's it, it didn't take much. Are you okay? Whether it was a DM or a text, email, I was still very grateful um, that they actually noticed that I was MIA because I, I kind of slid under the radar, you know, I didn't want to be like, oh, well, I'm leaving. No, I mean, I needed to go. I needed that moment to disappear. So I guess, Femia, you have some questions to Nicola. Well, actually, the both of you. So this one is, you know, to really kind of learn more about you guys. So my one of the questions I was I came up with is what's the most interesting place you visited and what made it memorable it could be like a fun place it doesn't have to be like out of the country out of the state i mean yeah it's something you're just like ooh, this was really fun i would love to go back and experience I have two, this two very different ones jumped to mind <laughs> like chalk and cheese but one was so I went to India um, for a couple of weeks and that was amazing because it's, you know, so different um, to Europe and um, so colourful and amazing and such a different way of life. And even, you know, the air feels so different because of the humidity. And that was just an incredible experience that I'll never forget. And then the other place that springs to mind, this one you were like, 
this kind of um, really interesting place. But when I went to Berlin, I went to Bergheim. And uh, I don't know if you guys know Bergheim, but it's a very famous nightclub in Berlin. Um, in fact, I went to a few nightclubs in Berlin that are like super interesting. And the stuff I saw in there, I will never, ever forget. But I can't tell you too much more than that. <laughs> oh, man, you can't do that. No, you don't have natural creative conversion. Yes, I'm you like, know, you that's know. like a tease. That's I like kind a of wild, wild parties, wild parties. Oh, okay. um, yeah. You know, the kind of stuff that is, it's like walking into the kind of clubs that some you would imagine, like in a movie or something, where it's just um, so wild and you're just like, wow, okay. Like, am I really witnessing this? It kind <laughs> of really feels, here? yeah, where it felt quite surreal going in, but like super cool. But yeah, yeah. And the next day, I will never tell anyone about this. <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. Just us. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works that's how it works yeah you know nico after after you told me about secret partners i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how about you yuri yeah i was i was thinking a lot you know the fun thing that uh i always say to my wife that she is the brain i'm hands and she uh discover some things to do and she always keeps this in her mind she do a lot of thought processes and then i'm just doing it and we have this uh, collaboration and uh, for me it was always hard to go travel somewhere so mm. you know just it's not the hard the moment we travel but it's hard like to plan to buy tickets to go to check what place to go because of like you know there are always expectations oh what if this place will not be good or whatever anyway our first uh trip to greece with my wife and my kid and i i still remember first of all i was amazed that it's even possible that uh in the morning you are in uh, kiev and there is no sea there is like mediocre summer and then the, in two hours you are somewhere near the near the sea and you have fun a lot of fun <laughs> and you enjoy your holiday and the moment so it was our first trip like it was hot in kiev it was hot in airport we were so tired of this trip even though it was like three four hours like not that much but the moment we came to the hotel and before going, I feel like it was lunch or dinner. I guess it was dinner time. So we came to, to the beach and there were practically nobody there because people already went to the dinner. And we were over, almost ourselves in, like, in the whole beach. And we just like this feeling of the warm sea. And we were just, you know, re re relaxing. We're just there and nobody's here. And it's so calm. It's so nice. And we're like... Yes, we made it. We made it. Our first trip outside, we made it. Yes. And it's a fun thing that we traveled a lot after that, but I've never had the same feeling ever again. So it was just for the first time. And, you know, every time it's a different feeling, but I can definitely remember this one. So mm, you're taking me, you. me there right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. What, of... what, what do you think made that more memorable then? anything else what was i mean it sounds like an amazing trip and it's special but what was it about that trip that really stuck with you 
I feel like it's for the first time. You know, you always remember something that happens for the first time. People have their first experience. And after that, they can't add anything. So it's hard to change your first experience. And uh, that's exactly why some people have bad relationships. You know, they have open up again or it's hard for them. So I feel like as, as, as far as I understood my brain, you know, I feel like it's all about this first experience and that we finally made it. You know, it was like breakthrough. Like, okay, Yuri is finally outside. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mia? Ooh, so, so for me, um, I would have to say the most memorable place was when I did visit Europe for the very, very first time. It was my first out of the country experience. And my friends and I, on a whim, uh, decided to go. It was because I was working with adult-based learners that were in Italy. So the more... I was talking to them and we were building this relationship, you know, um, and it wasn't just about work. I would ask them, you know, what they like to do. And when they started talking about their culture and, you know, the foods out in Italy, the more I just became like, oh my gosh, I need to go. And I'm not joking when I tell you I called my friend and because I was so excited about the conversations I was having with them, the energy came right into the conversation with my other friend who's also a traveler. And when I brought it up, I was like, do you think we can manage going to Europe while I'm still teaching my learners? And she's like, do you think you can make it work? I'm like, well, I'm gonna figure it out. And I did, and that's a story I really haven't told anyone is while I was teaching them, I actually took them on the trip with me to their home country, but also Turkey and Greece. At the same time, I called the company, we figured it out managed it my members were like ecstatic so to me taking them to europe was probably one of the best experiences but places and if i had to pinpoint one of the countries it was italy by far the people the food i just felt like i was back home it was just so relaxed they're very family oriented but also they like to talk to people they like to have conversations which I appreciated. Um, so yeah, I still to this very day will think about the food, the people I met, the places, the sea, um, the rocks, Rome. I mean, you name it, the architecture, everything about it just comes to me. And this was about maybe, gosh, three years ago, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. And if I had a chance, I would go. Um, but it was also my learners that actually made it memorable because they were taking me through their homeland and they would tell me what places to go eat at. So they were my guides through my phone, taking me and asking mm -hmm. me, what am I enjoying? Where am I at? Do you need a translator? So I thought that in itself, I'm like, that's just an experience that I don't know if I could ever have again. Maybe I could, but I'm always going to appreciate the one that I had with them and I got to share it. So that's what made it extra, extra special. It sounds I like think. it. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Nicola. I'm going to say, I think as well, when you go to a country and you have nationals showing you around, you get to see the best bits, go to mm -hmm. the best places to eat. So you always have a very good experience, I think, when you do that. Yeah. And they told me, they're like, Famia, don't go to the tourist areas. I'm like, well, where do I go eat, Buka? <laughs> you know, like, Famia, go eat 
to the with the in the hole in wall places, the places that people normally would not go. And I tell you, I had the best food ever because when you know that everybody's going there, like maybe I want to try something different. And I did, and we had the best experience um, doing that. I'm like, they were my like personal guides. Yeah, super cool. No, it's fun that you told about、uh, go to places that other people doesn't go and. I, I, I immediately had this thought in my, my mind: if somebody asked me where to go in Kiev, where would I take those people? And I was like, ah, yeah, I know three pizza places. So,、mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm curious: do you, do you, Fimia, and do you, Nicola, have these places where you'd like to take? Somebody. Yeah, I think. Well, I moved to the countryside about a year and a half ago now. So I think if anybody came to visit me, I would take them around all the lovely places in Norfolk. Now that I'm getting to know,、um, it's very much a sort of calm country life out here.、Um, it's been all you know. I've not been away from London too long, but things change so quickly when you go there. Like places change and. Um, I'm not sure I'd, I'd know all the places in London to take people these days, but、um, I'd ask around. How about you guys? I would do the same. I would ask around.、Um, you know, like here in Detroit, you know, Detroit has grown so much. In the heart of it, it's it's beautiful. And what's really nice about the area is that there's restaurants that. Will fit pretty much anyone's taste buds. There's Cuban, Middle Eastern, Italian, German. I mean, you name it, which is really nice. If Indian, if you're feeling a certain type of way and you want something, it's there. But also, Michigan has some really beautiful places that I have yet to explore. But some of them that I have is the further that you travel up north, because we're surrounded by the Great Lakes. There's the sand dunes. The arches. I mean, it's just I'm always in awe of when I see places that I have not visited up in the UP、um, that I need to go. So if I tell people you want to travel to Michigan and really like absorb all of it, go up north. For me, it would take me probably about four hours or more just to hit those spots. But they're a nice getaway by the water and the towns, the small quaint towns. You know where you can do like the antique shopping, all of that stuff. It's like, is it does this really exist here in Michigan? But yeah, it's there. It's really. I'm、nice. always amazed when I see the pictures of the lakes, the Michigan,、yes. the Michigan lakes. But I mean, they're amazing because they look like the sea. They just、mm-hmm. so big, aren't they? And you can't see the end. I find that、yeah. that's weird. Weird to me. Mackinac Island is really, really nice. If you ever want to stay on an island, you would have to take a ferry.、Um, there, people do bike rides. I did bike ride around the island, which was beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is just. I had to really just soak it in and sit there and appreciate all the surroundings. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I do have a funny story that went with that island, though. Okay, we got to hear it now. <laughs> so I know. So for me, so I went to those boutiques, and anyone that's into that stuff, we know that there's certain things that you cannot find back home, maybe that you would find in these boutiques because they're probably a one-time item created. So I went to the shop. I really wanted some really cute sandals. Found them. Found a really nice pair at this boutique, and they were not. They were pretty expensive.、Um, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" I didn't have anywhere to go. I put it in my On my bike basket, in my bike basket, I'm like, that's the only way I'm going to carry it around. This is in my bike basket.、Um, but I'm like, hey, you got to do what you got to do. So I went around the island. We had a lot of fun. When I came back, 
because we were so excited to do the next activity, it wasn't until we were back into the other city of Escoda, which is three hours from um, Mackinac Island, I remembered that I left my shoes there, you guys. And when oh. I tell you what I, yes, I was so sad. I know people are like, well, it's just a pair of shoes, but I'm like, you don't understand. They were special. I bought it for a lot of money. Um, but anywho, I actually called uh, them to get it back. I was like, when there's a will, there's a way, but I'm going to find a way to do it. And they did. They mailed it to me when I went all the way back home, which was another six hours. So I thought that was funny that I would leave it there. But at the same time, it was really nice and thoughtful at the same time. I get myself in a lot of things. Do you still wear the shoes? I do. I have them. They're super cute. I'll have to show it to you guys at some point. Not on the video, but maybe on the slide as a picture. <laughs> how, how how could you didn't prepare? How Why you didn't prepare those shoes? You have, okay, I'm kidding. Nicola, what question do you have to Femia? Why? Well, I love to ask people this question. And it is, what would be your last supper or your dream supper? I think t traditionally people say, what would be your death row supper? But that feels a bit morbid. So this is just, you know, your dream dinner, your starter, main and dessert. Oh, starter, main and dessert. Okay. So I love a really, really good salad. When I talk about salad, I'm talking about the leafy greens, the cranberries, the blue cheese, the almonds you name it and like the raspberry vinaigrette i'm very particular i like when i know what i want when i'm craving something and i know it i'm going to get it um so that's that's the starter it won't it wouldn't be a bad thing to add like a basket of bread to that as well um and then as far as the course italian i love pasta i absolutely love pasta if you can add in um sauteed mushrooms in my pasta and maybe grilled chicken or breaded chicken. That would be something I would crave. It has to be pasta. I don't care what topping. Oh, sun-dried tomatoes would be nice. And then as far I know, Mary's like, Mira really knows what she wants to eat. I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what happens when you taste real authentic Italian food when you go to Italy? It sticks with you. And then as far as dessert, I love chocolate. Like a nice chocolate creamy mousse cake. Maybe raspberry. Yummy. Yeah. I've never heard of that salad combination. I'm going to try that out. It's so good. If you can find one with feta cheese, but I like blue cheese. It adds a type of uh, flavor to it. Like a nice taste. It just hits the spot. Now I'm really craving one. Thank you, Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> and what would yours be, Yuri? Yeah, you know, it's, it's fun because... I would say that my tastes changed a lot because of this influence of different cultures. And, you know, there are sushi, there is pizza, there is pasta. Mm. There are a lot of additional uh, food uh, things. And uh, crazy thing, but I really like when my wife cooks a potato. So how she does it, she boil it a little bit, then she cut it in four pieces and put it into oven. And it's like this very tasty one. And you know, the fun thing that I also like just cutlets, just this meat kind of things. And if I have this potato and cutlet and maybe um, let's say mint tea, it would be enough, basically. 
And for dessert, yeah, so crazy. But once again, it depends. I I would say some any any kind of cake that mm. is possible, but it's very important that there are natural ingredients because you know when you buy cakes uh, in shops, there are a lot of um, palm oil and all the stuff, and you can feel it. I can feel it. So mm -hmm. if it's natural cake, that's why I always tell my wife, you know, you taught me to eat your cakes. After that, I can't buy any other cakes anywhere. It's just impossible. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> so she's baking cakes all the time for you now. Uh, the fun thing is that not all, all the time, you know. So that's, <laughs> that's the beauty in it. So that, that makes you value it even more because you get those cakes like twice a year or something like that so <laughs> it makes them more tasty more tasty because you have to wait for them you have to pray for them and then you eat them like oh my god it's the best best meal ever so yeah i'm, I'm pretty simple i'm pretty simple and if it's anything else like simple pizza will will go simple sushi will oh simple yeah i love sushi are you Me a sushi too. nicola Yes, okay. definitely. I love it. I mean, I'm vegetarian most of the time, but I love sushi. And did you ever did you ever do them by yourself? One time I did, and you have this mat and you roll it. This was ages ago. I did a little class. It's not easy. You know, is it I... the hard part is the rice part that when you're is it the folding part that makes it difficult or? Yeah. It doesn't stick together, and then you you roll it, and then boop, it all falls apart again. <laughs> I have the fun story that once uh, our friends invited us uh, to them, and we agreed that everyone will prepare sushi, and we will have the sushi evening. So they prepare sushi, we are preparing sushi. So we with my wife, we went to a specific shop where you can buy stuff for sushi we bought a lot of different things you know because we went to restaurants we know what they put there bought a lot of things we prepared like i don't know three or four types it was like using like this tasty cucumber in their sushi and it was like okay it works and the final thing that uh, it was a friend of my wife and her husband really likes our sushi more, but he had to eat their sushis. Otherwise, you know, he couldn't avoid a scandal after that. So you can imagine this feeling when you want something, but you know that you have to do exactly the opposite. <laughs> Was what really was your fun. trick to getting it so tasty? No, we just, we just, you know, we just did it as the same way as it as we tried it in restaurants. So we just remember what types of sushi we liked. And we tried to replicate them. So basically, yeah, and you know, it's fun. But sometimes when you want to cook something special, it sounds hard, but. Mm -hmm. There are so many recipes on the internet. You know, you can basically do anything you want and uh, a little bit of practice and you'll be uh, this chef, great chef. So it's not that hard. We're not neighbors. Mm. <laughs>
not that hard. Yeah, if, if but if if you really if you really want, you know, because when my like once again, it's always about my wife. She always cooks. Uh, I cook from time to time, but I love eat her food, and uh, she always tries to make it first of all not exactly how it's on a recipe she always add a little bit of her thoughts because she has experience and definitely she know what might taste better and the fun thing if she will make the same cake for the same recipe like 10 times every time it will be different and i can't say it will be better or worse it will be just different so it's the funniest part. So I get I get never tired, you know, of having different meals. <laughs> well, baking is a very precise art form, but for me, I know you're quite a baker. So what's your favorite thing to bake? Ooh, yes, bake. I would rather bake than cook. I can cook, but I would rather bake. Um, you know, it depends on my mood. Um, you know, I bake a really good carrot cake. Uh, Biscoff cheesecake is one of my favorite things to make. Uh, that I really liked doing. Um, and then also I make really good banana bread. Um, and when I talk about banana bread, I'm like you, Yuri. I taste when something's very heavy with the preservatives. So I like the very full ingredients in that, which is why I like baking some of my stuff as opposed to going to um, buy it. And if I can get away with baking anything with chocolate, I will. But I'm also really great at baking Middle Eastern sweets. The cookies, um, the pastries that you see, the baklava, depending on what that is, um, I'll do it. But I only make those during like our holiday and stuff because it is time consuming. But yeah, I love to bake. That's why if you both were my neighbors, you would find goodies on your porch. Not every oh, morning, but like fresh, warm, have it with your tea or coffee or you know, what you prefer to drink with it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how you know that you want to be a Femias neighbor. <laughs> yes, that you. When people have parties, they'll be like, Femias, so what are you bringing? Baked goods? <laughs> By the way, talking sure, about parties, I know backstory of Nicolas Paris and <laughs> she partied hard. <laughs> Let's face it. Femia, mm -hmm. what about you? What was the hardest party you have? craziest party me Ooh. so i love to dance so if you were to invite me to a middle eastern party because i love the music i love the dancing and i'm really great at it you will find me on the dance floor all night i will eat i will go to my table just to eat and get a sip of water but you'll find me right back on the dance floor and i'm just there jamming i mean i meet people on the dance floor it's not just at the table you know it's on the dance floor so yeah I dance hard, Yuri and Nicola, when there's music. It's like, bye guys, I'll be there. <laughs> that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. How about you, Yuri? I swear I noticed that Nicola, ah, let me let me ask you first. I didn't ask you about your party routine. You told about those secret parties and all this stuff, but you didn't tell what is what was your routine. Like, what did you do there? So, mm. how looked like usual Nicola's party? Oh, yeah, me? I mean, about Nicole? Oh. yeah, no, it's just, I guess the routine is, is pretty simple, really, because you're just going 
to these parties, usually, well, you go because there's some DJs playing that you like most of the time. Um, sometimes you're just in a city, like, you know, if you're in Berlin and the, the club's well-known, you just go to experience the club. But usually that's why you've booked to see these DJs. So you'll turn up and you'll make sure you've screenshotted the set list on your phone to photos in case there's no signal. Um, and then you just, you know, warm up a little bit. Usually it's it's pretty much just stay on that dance floor until the end. I mean, there's not really a whole lot else to do anyway once you get to a club. So, yeah, it's uh, get there, stay on the dance floor. I'm not a, I'm not one of the people that likes to get right to the front. I like to have a little bit of space around me. So I'm more of like a side, side or back of the dance floor dancer. But yeah, I saw that it. you were and going to, to stage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some people like to be near the speakers or near the front, but I, I just, I'd rather just have a little bit of space around me just to dance. I'd love to be at a party with you too. That would be really fun and interesting <laughs> to see where we're at. It sounds like we have some different styles going on, but you know, that's okay. Maybe we can we'll make it work. <laughs> the fun, the fun part is that I'll be that person who sits and eats all the time. So, because, you know, when others are dancing, I can really try a different kind of food. I can have some, I can relax, you know, nobody is asking me to do something. Nobody wants anything from me. I'm just relaxing. I'm just having food. I'm just sitting there. And the fun and also the hard part, you can't have conversations during parties. It's just impossible. You have to be really loud or you have to go out if you want to talk to somebody so yeah i'll be this kind of person who is like having a lot of food and then going out from time to time to exchange some words with people and yeah so i'm not that dense and which is great you know you'd be dancing i'd be eating <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> <laughs> i can see Fimia that you want to ask another question i do so this question is Almost on the same wavelength, but it's going to probably obviously be answered in two different ways from the both of you. So the two are, Nicola, I know that you're working on a really amazing project. You posted twice about it, I believe. But I want to know, like, what really inspired that project and made it come to life? Like, what made you think of, like, that light bulb moment? Like, I really want to do this. This is something I know that could work and it can grow. So that's that. And then Yuri, almost along the same lines as Yuri, what inspired your show? What made you just one day say, I want to do it? Or was it like a buildup of things that you probably already doing, but then you're like, why don't I just have a show? So hmm. whoever wants to start first, I'm just really interested in the backstories of your projects and your shows. Yeah, you asked Nicola first. So Nicola, please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, for me, it's talking about my village sustainability project I believe but mm -hmm. yeah actually do you know what that idea came around maybe like three years ago um so it took a long time to sort of make it realize but um obviously with the climate crisis and everything going on my husband's quite you know um educated on it as well his his job is actually to do with climate um And we had attended an Earth Day demonstration. It was just a little kind of peaceful protest to raise awareness about four years ago. And we took the kids. And then I, this is where I found out about the 
people that inspired me to do it. They were called Transition Woodbridge. I was like, this is an amazing organization. We should do this. But at the time we were living in a much bigger town um, and we thought, lovely idea, let's do it um, at some point. But then when we moved to a village, it, it you know made sense to do it. We had more contacts. It was more a kind of a scale. But the real reason for doing it as well is because I want my kids to know that I did something, that I did something positive. And also it aligns with my values and makes me feel that even if I'm doing something small, um, just knowing that I went out there and I tried and role modeling to them, that's why I do it. I love that. Because when I see you write about it on LinkedIn, this is where I learned about it. I can just feel the passion that you have behind the project. And I meant to ask you sooner how that's coming. Where do you see it going? Like as far as growing, where else would you like to take it? You want to keep it locally or would you like it to branch out globally? What are your, like, what's your vision on that? I, I love how Femi always comes to me with these like <laughs> big, inspiring ideas. It's amazing. I mean, global might be a little bit ambitious for now, but who knows? I think there's a lot of people already doing amazing, amazing things in that space. So for me, it is really about just engaging people locally because we all know that small things do add up to have a big mm -hmm. impact. And that's really what this is all about. It's about just if everybody did a little bit more of this, a little bit more of this, you know, it, it can make a really positive impact. Absolutely. It's those little things that add up and it becomes like a compound impact that just kind of just bursts and starts to grow even further. And I don't think it's ambitious. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's a big goal, but I don't think it's impossible for you to do. No limits. Yeah, let's see. Let's see where it goes. And you know, Nicole, when you were talking, I had this song in my mind. I want to leave my footprints on the sands of time. So yeah. it sounds like that way, you know, and I'm okay. curious. So also your project to me, it sounds like definitely no overnight success. It's just a long project, lifelong project. It has to continue. So how does it feel when you don't have quick results and you know that most likely this project will go on after you? Yeah, I, lo I love that you've said that, that it will keep going, because that that would be wonderful if that happens. But it, it's okay for me. I think I made an, another comment to, to Laura, our friend Laura Zuck, but that it's quite nice to have some projects that go slowly, because my work life is very fast, fast, fast. Social life can be really quick. You know, technology is super quick. So I love having something actually that's slow it, then it slows you down slows everything down i mean arguably when it comes to, to kind of trying to improve the climate then we should have been doing it slowly we should be <laughs> acting quickly but hey i can only do what i can do so yeah it, it, it's it's fine it's like i mean that gardening analogy but you know you sometimes you just have to take time and watch things grow slowly don't you and that's all you can mm -hmm. do you plant the seeds you keep nurturing it and watering it and anything like i told you in the comments anything worth having or doing is going to be a slow build if you're expecting quick results kind of disappoint yourself and then you're gonna just go right back where you started um, but if you are realistic about the timing that you have and you know it's going to be a slow build it's well worth the investment it really is the roi in it is just priceless i just love the project idea i thought it was amazing Thank you. And it also sounds like 
you have this place where you can go and rest a little bit. Because, you know, when you are doing your work, you always run. And I don't know why, but people expect so fast results, even though everyone is talking about it is good to slow down. Everyone mm -hmm. still expects <laughs> fast results. And I feel like it's also, you know, like this good place to come back and like, okay, here we can be who we are. And as for me at all, I feel like it's very important to put those seeds not only like in your actions, but also in minds of others by Absolutely. sharing what you are doing. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you can inspire many, many other people. And if, let's say, everyone on the planet would act slow, but just because of amount of people doing that, we will receive, we would receive really quick results. So it's also about that. Yeah, but it's yeah. about mass. We can always calculate things and all the stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, and then you know also Yuri, when we talked about planting the seeds and slowing it down, you know, it's just really important that when we talk about that with people, that like, you know, when we build relationships with people, we don't just connect with I mean yeah instant connect but that doesn't mean that like I'm gonna come right back to you and say hey I trust you I it's gonna take time planting those seeds and really just nurturing it so it's just being mindful that if you're looking for quick results you're gonna be quite disappointed when you don't get what you're looking for but if you nurture it like you know Nicola said great analogy of the garden then that's when you know the fruits of what you're building is worth having in the long run a long investment but it's so worth it you know the fun thing that you asked about this community life how what was the idea and uh i'm coming really long back because at some point i thought that i'm not i i still can't say that i'm enough you know it's always like i have a lot of things going on in my head like am i okay what am i doing but they are less loud than they were before. And uh, when they were really loud, I was like, okay, what should I change in my life to make things better? And at some point I started this 5 a.m. waking up uh, like this book by Robin Sharma, 5 a.m. club. And I was thinking that if I will woke up at 5 a.m., I will have two additional hours in a day before everyone else will wake up and before we are going to work and to school and whatever. And that's how I can change my life. And the fun thing that uh, there are some people who are creating like communities around this book in different uh, countries and cities. And I had this person, it was Taras, uh, who created this kind of like 5 p.m. club in Ukraine. And uh, I even I even worked for them a little bit as a community manager, but they called me CEO of 5 a.m. club, <laughs> but basically I was community builder. And the fun thing that definitely we led by examples. So at first uh, the founder did it and he, he had like this streak, like 500 days or something like that, waking up at the same time. Then he stopped doing that. But... I had conversation with this person and, you know, I was really curious, what, what is what is the backstory? And we were talking about podcasting. I didn't know mm -hmm. that, it, that it's a thing. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how to do that. I had no idea. And that Taras told me that 
you know, I wanted to start a podcast, talk to people about their stories, mm -hmm. to get to know about how do they achieve results they achieve and all the stuff. And I was like, oh, great idea. I will also start. And it was the sales mm -hmm. hero community. I was, I was like, I will talk to sales experts and learn about their life journey, how they become who they are and all this. And you will be my first guest. So long story short, I had like, I don't know, 15 episodes or up to 20 episodes of the sales hero uh, conversations. He didn't start his podcast. So he just shared <laughs> this idea. I was doing this. And uh, then when I, I started my international community journey, I was like, I want to know people more. I want to connect with people. I want to, you know, learn about their lives because it's easy to learn about somebody's professional experience. You just go to LinkedIn, you see their posts, you see webinars they attend, you can listen to that, you can read their books if they wrote some books. And basically, you know how it works. You know what they stands for, you know what to expect from them. But they are humans, yes? And mm -hmm. uh, where, is, where is the human part? Because for me, if I, you know, to understand if I can learn from this person... I need to know that we have the same vibe because mm -hmm. if somebody is saying something, but they are totally different human, like how, how can I trust somebody who is not the same person as they are, you know, online. So in life, there are one person and online there are another, how, how can I trust this person? So I was like, I will go to community builders. I will ask them about their life journeys. I will learn from them. And it's, it's really an easy way, you know, to have a podcast. It's an easy way to get people to talk to you, to get people to have fun. Because if you ask somebody like, hey, can you jump on a coffee chat? People are like, yeah, yeah, I have my schedule like in two months. Please remind mm -hmm. me somewhere, never, sometimes never. And uh, if you're saying, oh, I have this podcast, I want to talk to you. People like, yeah, yeah, podcast. Sure, sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the fun thing is that it was all egoistical, you know, approach. I wanted to know more about people. I, I didn't think, and I still, I still don't think about amount of views, amount, amount of uh, downloads or whatever. I, I, I still, I still want to learn about people, about their life journeys, because that's exactly how you connect with each other. And what I learned after that. I don't know, after 30s conversation or something like that, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn and told like, hey, I've just connected with this person because of this conversation. I didn't know they have this tattoo and I just messaged them about this and we had this conversation and I was like, oh, wow, it's also a way to connect people with each other. Not, It's mm -hmm. not only serving my uh, egoistical, uh, you know, intentions. So... Yeah, long story short, and uh, here we are having this conversation with uh, three of us today. And once again, it's the next step. It's developing. I was like, okay, so if these conversations connect people, why mm -hmm. can't we uh, connect people like in real, uh, let's say, life? Yeah, even though it's online, still online, and continue conversations. So. It's all about building these human connections. Even though I'm not calling this community, many people are telling me that you are building community. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're, yes, you do. <laughs> and I said, you, you definitely are. are. <laughs> you are. You're, you're uniting. You're bringing people together, Yuri. And I, I love, love what you're doing because I will hold firm to this. We are more than our titles. 
And that's something we need to break out of because for a very long time, when people would ask me, what do you do? I would always say community manager. I'm a teacher. But I was like, wait a second. I am more than what I do for work. There are more layers to Femia, to Yuri, to Nicola. Some of us are bakers. Some of us are foodies. Some of us are adventurers, book readers. We're, we are more. We're passionate about other things. And what I like about what you're doing is you're humanizing these approaches, these conversations, because not everybody can relate to a community manager. So it's kind of like, Ooh, I guess I got to be a community manager to be on this show. But when you're talking about things other than your job, you're helping people come in. They're like, it's more relatable for people to come in and talk about themselves. You're making them feel like they're a part of your journey. They're contributing. And that's the beauty of these conversations. Sorry, you know, I so many tangents. The fun <laughs> thing that uh, it will be, I, I'll post the next episode near soon. It will be with Sage Sadok, and he's not community builder. He's just so interesting person and such a great human that I just wanted to know more. And the way he acts on LinkedIn, the way he has conversation, he's building community, even though yeah. he doesn't think about that in that way. So I feel like it's not, once again, it's not limited just to community world. It's about people who know how to communicate and how to build relationships with others, with, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, how to, how to live this life. Because I feel like it's such important skill to know how to get to know others and how to connect people. Because we're, yeah, let's, let's face it, people are lonely in this world. And uh, the moment you find somebody to talk to, the moment you find soulmate, might be the happiest moment of your life. And, you know, some people find their soulmates in their partners, in their friends, and some people go to communities to do that. And once again, if you found a soulmate as your partner, it doesn't mean that you can't find soulmates in the community because it's not limited to, you know, one person. Definitely there are some limitations to relationships for sure. It's, it's clear to that. But in general, yeah, a lot of conversations keeps going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the crazy thing that I really wish to have the sky's the limit, but time is the limit. And it mm -hmm. feels like we just started the conversation and it feels like we can continue this conversation. And the beauty of it is that we should continue the conversation and we can see each other everywhere. We can continue that. We can go and comment on LinkedIn. We can catch up on some calls and we can meet in person if we are in each other's places, in each other's cities. And some people say that online communities, online connections are not the same as offline. And definitely they are not. You know, it's so much better when you... Uh, it was fun. I heard it on some podcast. I guess it was <laughs> David Spink's podcast when you can see the person, you can feel the person, you can smell the person. And yeah, that's biology. But in general, the more you continue being in the person, the more you continue exchanging messages, the more you see each other here and there, the more you are building your relationships. And I even won't, won't be afraid to say the word friendship. So mm -hmm. I, can, I, I propose to continue doing that and I love doing that with you. And yeah, thank you very much for this conversation. And if there is one question you wanted to ask but didn't, let's do it now. 
Okay, I have a quick fire one that my five-year-old was discussing with me. Um, so you just, you just have to pick one answer. Who would win in a fight between a dinosaur and a Pokemon? Ooh. I know it's difficult because then you want to say which dinosaur and which Pokemon, but just theoretically. I would say how big are they? Who's <laughs> bigger, the dinosaur? But then again, height shouldn't matter either, right? Uh, or size. Ooh, I, the dinosaur, but it depends on what the dinosaur is. Can I choose what the dinosaur is? Like a T-Rex? Go on then, pick your, pick your favorite. Yeah, you can pick a T-Rex. T-Rex. Okay, Yuri, what do you want to say? <laughs> I, I would definitely go for dinosaur. I have no idea why, but it's just, it just sounds yeah, very okay, interesting, interesting. He, he thought Pokemon, because you know they have special powers, which obviously mm. dinosaurs don't, but you know, it depends who got in there first, the dinosaur or the Pokemon. We, we have Tell to him find what out. we said, and then I want to hear his responses and response to what we said. <laughs> okay, I'll tell him tonight. <laughs> Got it. Fimia, do you have one question? Yeah, you know, I'm always very, I'm such a very curious person. I My question would be, what was the, or is, the most adventurous thing you've done? to date and if not what would you like to do it's the most i don't have to answer it now thing. if you want to think yeah something you're like oh i really want to do that i don't know if i can but that's something i would want to do so whether you played it out or actually did it what would be something the thing that's jumping to my mind is i'd love to climb some more mountains i've climbed mount snowden which is in wales in the uk Ooh. um although kind of a funny story because i did that 19 weeks pregnant in the middle of a heat wave and um what? we ran out of water we accidentally went the wrong way well the scenic way my husband says where we had to do two peaks so by the time i got to the top i was you know ready to pass out but we've survived we walked the whole way walked back down again um but yeah i'd love to climb another mountain i don't know which one don't don't ask me that but um one of the big famous ones maybe wow you're something know. interesting nicola that's amazing <laughs> and you're pregnant my goodness that's resilience right there <laughs> she's not giving up stupidity i think it was it was stupidity definitely not resilient <laughs> Well, you knew you had two. to go back down. You had to get back where you started. <laughs> had powers of two. <laughs> and yeah, not, not that way. But and, and about me, I had this conversation with Laura Doug, and we agreed that at some point I will plan my European US community tour to meet mm -hmm. every community builder in different places. So yeah, it's it's kind of adventure. I would really love to go to you know to explore the world, the world, but not just exploring, but also meeting all those people I know online, because for me it would be yeah one of the best things ever. Yes, I can see the Yuri travel show really working out. We just need a production company to buy it and uh, give you loads of money. Literally, give and all if you of want us two people to money. join, we'll join yeah, your tour exactly. for like a season. <laughs> exactly i will go from town to town to different people house and we will have this community life conversation in real life like sitting in front of each other and yeah understanding that it's not just zoom but it's just real but you know it's it's good to dream big because then well, you... why not yeah exactly For sure and Pimia, what about you 
So I tend to do things that I normally would not do back home um, and we can do without telling my family. So I've, <laughs> I'm like Nicola. I do like to hike. That's like my favorite thing to do. And there was a really big mountain that I, I hiked up when I was in Puerto Rico, but I can't think of the name yet. or remember it. But what was the most adventurous? I mean, I had a few. I had two. So two quick ones is I ziplined over crocodiles and alligators. That one, I love ziplining. And if it's over something, that's going to be over something. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and then the other one was when I was in Puerto Rico and I went kayaking in the, on the, in the bayou. It was the luminescent water. You know, the ones that where you touch it glows. Uh, with those microorganisms in the kayak. It was very late at night, and my friend did not know how to kayak. God bless her. When I asked her if she knew how, she said yes. So I trusted her. I trusted her to give me the honest answer. Well, we were supposed to go one way. We went the total opposite. It's so dark. You have the moon shining, beautiful scene that you wish you could appreciate in the moment that I'm trying to redirect her back to the line of the individuals. So while we were doing that, She tried. We got stuck in a tree, literally stuck in a tree. It was the most, it was the funniest experience. I wish it would have been captured on video. But when I was calling for help, I just couldn't breathe because I was laughing so hard. And to this very day, I'll just send her an emoji that's a, um, a kayak and she'll know and she'll just be like cheek in her head. But yeah, that was probably one of the most adventurous. There's several others, um, but that's for another show. <laughs> Got it. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's amazing to have a friend you can talk to just with one emoji and you definitely understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Feels like uh, knowledge for the life. And once again, Femia, Nicola, thank you very much for making it happen. We agreed on this like, I don't know, months ago or something like that. And here mm -hmm. we are, three of us, three amazing people talking to each other, exchanging each other's thoughts, learning more about each other. What, can, what could be better? Thank you very much for making it happen. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Yuri, for having us and spending it with the both of you was amazing. See you in the community world. <laughs> <laughs>